It is that time of year again here at the Leukemia Foundation to talk about the world's greatest shave. The world's greatest shave is one of the country's longest running and most iconic fundraising campaigns, bringing Australians together to champion a good cause for over 25 years. Every year, each March, a community of trailblazers step up to shave, cut or colour their hair, all in the name of funding game-changing blood cancer support and research. Every dollar you will raise will help keep families together when they need it the most. We'll provide practical and emotional support services to patients and their families. We'll help fund cutting-edge research and campaign for change for those affected. We'll help families meet basic costs like putting food on the table, getting to hospital or paying bills. You will join a community of trailblazers determined to shape a brighter future for blood cancer patients and their families. A community that champions change, that doesn't take no for an answer. So why don't you sign up to the Leukemia Foundation's World's Greatest Shave and shave, cut or colour your hair in support of Australians facing blood cancer. Every dollar you will raise will help provide support services to patients and families and keep them together. You get to a point in life where you think you're in control of everything and uh, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it gets taken out from underneath you. I guess I kind of felt ripped off. It's just living in the moment and just being adaptable to situations. Give people voices to talk about, Do you know what, that phase is often the hardest and be prepared for it because it's not what you think it will be. Talking Blood Cancer, a podcast for those facing blood cancer by the Leukaemia Foundation find the best way forward using their own purpose that they have in their life and using their passions. I've lost fear and doubt. Like I no longer doubt myself in situations and nothing scares me. That gives you another goal to work towards and and a reason to live. I'm Kate Arkadip and I am the host of Talking Blood Cancer. This podcast shares the stories of the people we have connected with who have faced a blood cancer so that you, our listeners, can gain insight, find purpose and take inspiration. Before we get into today's episode, the Leukaemia Foundation acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which we share these stories. We recognise their continuing connection to land, sea and community as the first storytellers of this country. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. This story may contain content that some listeners may find difficult and challenging. We encourage anyone listening to take care of their own mental health and well-being. The purpose of this podcast is to share real-life stories of people living with a blood cancer, and any discussion of medical treatments is not an endorsement. We encourage you to seek advice from your treatment team if you have any questions regarding your diagnosis, side effects, or treatment. If you would like to talk to someone, or even if you would like more information on our services or today's episode, please feel free to contact one 800 620-420 and someone will be able to connect you with your local blood cancer support coordinator.
So, let's get into today's episode. In today's episode, you'll hear the unique story of the Lee family. I interview Ping, who is the mother of sweet Zoe. Their story with blood cancer began when Zoe was just five weeks old. That's right, at five weeks old, Zoe was diagnosed with infant pre-B acute lymphoblastic leukemia on the 8th of January 2018. Zoe now, who is almost five years old, is in remission and at school. Ping shares insights as to what it was like walking the blood cancer journey with a child so young and how the family travelled around the world to save Zoe's life. This interview is one that is full of emotion and you will hear how the power of love and motherhood won this round of blood cancer. Hi there, welcome to Talking Blood Cancer. Ping, thank you for coming on today. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Look, as we always start every podcast, we always ask the um, the guest uh, who they are, where they are living in Australia, um, who is in their family, and what was your child diagnosed with? Oh well, my name is Ping. I'm um, living in Perth, Western Australia, and uh, um, I live with my husband, my son Vincent, who is nine years old, and my daughter Zoe. She's four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, Zoe uh, was uh, diagnosed with uh, ALL, infant ALL, when she was only 35 days old. Wow. And how many years ago was that? So she was 35 days old. Yeah, and- she was born on the 3rd uh, of December 20, uh, 2017. So she was diagnosed on the 8th of January 2018. That was four and a half years ago. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. So I can imagine you, so Zoe was your second child. Yeah. So that anticipation of bringing a new life into the world and Vincent being so excited. Mm -hmm. What was happening for you and your family? Obviously the fact that it was her birth, but what was happening during that time um, for you and your family? Um, I think our family was really um, excited for, you know, the new member and yeah. we just got our new house like eight months before Zoe was born because you know it's bigger and then we just was sold our old house and moved into this new house for her you know welcome yeah. her and yeah. we um both me and my husband had a good job so we our life is pretty comfortable mm-hmm. yeah it was just yeah um, it's good it was good yeah, mm-hmm. and and also during that time, did you, you know, you gave birth to Zoe? Mm-hmm. Did you have time off? Did your husband have time off? Did you have family support around you during that that time? Yeah, I uh, was on maternity leave. I was planning to have a 12 months, you know, mm-hmm. maternity leave. And my husband was on leave, I think, for about three months or two months around that time. And uh, my mom was here to help me. Um, and where but, is your mum from? Oh, she's from China. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so she travelled out. Yeah, yeah, for to help me out during that time. Yeah. And uh, everything went pretty well. You know, there's no complications in pregnancy, and like her birth was went pretty smoothly. And yeah. Um, yeah, I thought she was really healthy. You know. Yeah. yeah. 
fight. In those first fight, yeah. And it, and I guess it could, you know, as a as a mother, you, mm-hmm. you sit there and, and you do hear of that or you, you worry about you worry about your newborn. Yeah. They are. They're this beautiful, fragile little yeah. bundle. And um y- yeah, you never wish anything ill upon them. Mm-hmm. And then so what was your kind of first sign that you thought, Oh, I need to go to the doctor or something? Well, yeah, I was uh, actually on the eighth of January. She was not feeding feeding you know since morning and she has been sneezing since the day before and i thought oh she might have had a cold you know and i uh, in the afternoon uh, she's still not you know feeding and still sneezing and i told my husband i I remember it was um saturday or it's a weekend and i told my husband like i want to take her to the emergency of the children's hospital and he Actually, disagreed with me. Said, "Um, you mm-hmm. know, it's just like a cold. You know, maybe we can take her to the GP next the Monday." Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but I thought, you know, she's so young, and uh, just for my peace of mind, you know, we just let the doctor check her. Your mother's intuition kicked in. Yeah, yeah, flight. that's right, that's right. And when we arrived at the emergency, she was treated as you know having a cold at first, mm-hmm. and it, you know things just changed so quickly after the doctor examined her tummy, and uh, found out that uh, she had enlarged spleen and liver. So they did a um, an exam, a physical exam. Yeah, physical exam on her tummy, and found out that like her organ has been enlarged. Wow. Yeah, that's really by sign. <laughs> and they quickly did a blood test on her, and I remember this doctor came to me and said, "There is something in her blood was extremely high." He didn't tell me what the thing was, and later what I found is the white blood cells. Mm. It was um, 1.2 million at that time. Wow. You know, normal. White blood cell would be between four thousand to eleven thousand mm. per microliter. So her was like twenty times. Yeah. Higher. We when you received that news, I mean, I can just envision your world would have been spinning and and almost an out of body experience. Were were you by yourself? Did your husband join you at the hospital or your mother? Yeah, yeah, just on me and my husband because my mom needs to stay home with my son. Yes, and uh, um, the, she um the doctor said she needs to go to ICU immediately. Wow. Yeah, and uh, in ICU they still didn't tell me what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> they did um um called um blood exchange or exchange transfusion on her because because of her uh, white blood cells was extremely high okay yeah and um at that night i had a meeting with the doctor remember there are two doctors one being our main oncologist and um yeah it's a chinese immigrant i've never encountered leukemia in my life i know blood cancer but have never known this word so when when he said like uh, Zoe has leukemia. Yes. I said what? And then he said blood cancer. 
and to hear those words, you know, Ping, I, it's it's so moving to hear those to hear those words for me just sitting here. But to you be in that moment to look at your baby girl, who um, I, I from what you described looked, as you said, healthy and, mm-hmm. and, and normal, and it was just a sign of sneezing and yeah. the feeding for it to then snowball into the diagnosis of leukemia just would have been soul crushing he's like i thought like my heart was shattered in you know a million pieces i was like yeah how could this be she was only one month old yeah it's impossible yes yeah and and I can imagine you think, you, as you said, you had never heard the word like yeah. you you had heard the word blood cancer. And I mean, as, as so many people say when they're first thought, when they hear cancer, it, it's oh my gosh, what's going to happen yeah. to me? What's going to happen to my life? So it must have been hard to hear that and know that your baby is five weeks old mm-hmm. and is already so fragile. Yeah. You, and to think, oh my gosh, this is what is upon her. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I was ignorant, and I didn't even know like baby this young could get cancer. I bet so <laughs> many people don't. I, I, I don't think anyone would hold against that. And also, uh, in in the way that life is, it's that's not the way that life's meant to go, right? Somebody that young shouldn't it's be so wrong. Absolutely, it re- yeah, it really does. And I'm so sorry that that was, you know, that that was the card that Zoe that Zoe was given. Yeah, yeah, but mm, it was emotional. Still, really hard for me to talk about it. Oh, and I th- I really do thank you for coming on. Hello? To hello, yeah, yeah, sorry, I, I yeah, that, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, I do understand that it is a it's really hard mm-hmm. to go back to that moment mm-hmm. of being delivered some of the worst news that I'm sure you would have heard in your life. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And what, and what went on from there? I mean, I imagine those conversations with the doctors and, and, and being in that environment was, was very heavy. How, how, did, how was those next couple of days or how do you even tell, as you said, your mother that's mm. over from China or your other child, Vincent, how did you navigate those those de- initial days? Um, the first few days my, after I told my mom and she she doesn't believe it. She didn't believe it. She was like, it must be a like, misdiagnosis or something. You know, it could be. The well, same like, response from my dad in China. He was like, can I do, you know, the test again? You know? Yeah, yeah. It seems impossible, you know. I'm sure that's what your soul was screaming too. Yeah. I'm sh- and um, yeah. Vincent, I told when I told him, he, I think he didn't really understand. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He just know, you know, his sister was really really sick and had has to stay in had to stay in the hospital. Mm. And that's all he knows. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so she stayed in um, ICU for about two days and then. Um, you know, she was just laying by all the time, sleeping. I can only visit, hold, feed her a little while. You know, I'm. Were you breastfeeding her? Yeah, I was you, breastfeeding you... her, and uh, I was either breastfeeding or pumping milk. That's 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And was she feed like because you said one of her signs was is that she wasn't feeding mm. well. Was she was she then feeding well? Yeah, I think um, after the exchange transfusion, she seems better and um, she just start she started feeding normally. Yeah. And after, you know, she was inserted the abbreviated lice in the surgery, then she was admitted to the oncology ward. Right. Yeah. At first, we were told to prepare staying inpatient for six months' time. Wow. And that's, wow. But the first admission was more than 10 months, actually. Did you just say more than 10 months? Yeah, more than 10 months. So she oh. went, in the hosp- went into the hospital in 8th of January and was first allowed home before Christmas that year. Wow. Yeah, so we stayed in the hospital for a whole, whole year. And how, oh my God, so her entire life, all she knew yeah. was being in a right. being in a hospital again. Yeah, isolation. And, yeah, wow. And how, how, did, how did you navigate that and your husband? How did? Oh, it was extremely hard at the beginning because of the, the steroids at first. It was like a nightmare. It was like hell. She was like, as in not sleeping, not or? sleeping, just non-stop crying, always oh, hungry, exactly. and like yeah. she's no sleeping at night as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was too much for me to handle. Really, did you have support um, from the nurses and the treatment team, or even family friends? Yeah, yeah, the nurses, um, they're brilliant. Like they help me, like saying, "Oh, I will look after her for a couple of hours. You can go have." A- you can go have a nap, you know. Yeah, yeah they can see you're totally, you know, exhausted. Shat- yeah. yeah, yes, yes, yep. Shattered. yeah, shattered. Yeah, and my uh, parents-in-law, they came from China to help us. So they take turns in the hospital later, I think uh, three weeks later, um, yeah. after we first admitted. So I could yeah. go home, you know, and spend some time with my son. Yes. Yeah, and that was three weeks later and um, so the first few weeks it was just physically draining and emotionally tormenting so just and the frustration you, you can't feed your child you know she was yeah. always hungry always yes. crying could never satisfy no, her no I was satisfied she was constantly crying off anger and I think too to acknowledge Ping as well that you had just given birth yeah. and hormonally yourself, yeah. your body was still healing, mm-hmm. your your hormones were coming back into alignment and that in itself um, would have been a, a really big big challenge as yeah, well. Yeah. Was, I was like emotional, I was emotional wreck, I would say, I was always crying. Yeah, just couldn't yeah. hold my emotion, you know, just because you had this beautiful baby and it just changed so quickly and your world just turns upside down so quickly. I couldn't, yeah. I was in denial in the first few weeks. Yeah. And I really hope it was just a dream, you know, a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was really Absolutely. Oh, I can imagine. And to think that, yeah, as you say, your world was pottering along one way and, and you had, you had, I'm sure, no doubt, dreamt of what your that year of maternity mm-hmm. leave would look like and, and what life would be as a family of four mm-hmm. and then for it to literally change within a matter of hours. Um, I, I think people listening would, would um, 
can really relate to that is how how quickly a blood cancer can enter one's life yeah. and change and change it forever. Yeah. Wow. And um, so, did they start? You, you said that um, Zoe started steroids mm-hmm. um, quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Did did she have to have chemotherapy? Because I imagine yeah. it's quite different for a five week old to yeah of um, the regiment. Uh, infant leukemia is really um, this later I found out it's really different from childhood leukemia. That's for the you know children about a year old. Yes, right. So there's different protocols for infant leukemia, but you know, the drugs, chemotherapy are similar. I think the dose are different, you know, and there are some other you know, drugs in it. In it. But uh, she was on chemotherapy for about 10 months. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And how um, was it successful? Like, was it successful? Or oh, I envision that there would have been hiccups. I don't know any blood cancer journey mm-hmm. that doesn't have hiccups along the way. Yeah. And, um, she, uh, I found out that her leukemia has a, um, we call mixed lineage gene. It's called yeah. uh, MLL rearrangement. It's really common in infant leukemia. But uh, childhood leukemia has higher kill rate nowadays, about 90%. Yeah? And yes. But the outcome with this gene remains really poor. It's uh, below 40%. Right. And in her case, it was even worse because, you know, the leukemia tends to be more aggressive the younger the age of the diagnosed. And I, um, I was told... Were you told that initially or...? No, I wasn't been told. I think all on- oncologists, I think he doesn't want to discourage me. Yeah. But I was told by the, actually by the uh, doctor in Seattle Children's Hospital and it was less than 20% of the survival wow. rate in her case. Wow. So it's really poor, you know, prognosis. And um, so you mentioned you went use the Seattle doctor. Yeah. What? So how? So I mean, you you said you did you do nine months of treatment mm-hmm. in um, Western Australia, yeah. and then oh sorry, ten months I yeah, should yeah. say, and um, then you, did you have to go over to Seattle? Did you? Uh yes, that's um. Um, that's the about 18 months when she was 18 months old so um, her you know the journey of the chemo treatment has always been not going so well it's a like right. a bumpy road and she has never been in remission with chemo for the whole 10 months on her protocol right. and due to her you know she had uh, induction consolidation and uh, I think the other two phases and after that uh, actually her um, disease has been raising after you know with the uh, chemotherapy and then she was taken off from the protocol protocol because it's, it, that it didn't work they weren't seeing the results that they wanted to see yeah that's right and she was then given two course of uh, bolina tumor map yeah. to get in her in, to get her into remission and the goal at that time, uh, our, uh, our oncologist told us, is to get her to a bone marrow transplant. Because right. like the, her disease was really aggressive. Mm-hmm. As you can see, the chemotherapy you know, didn't work. And during that, I mean, 
we we all I think to to get through these really dark moments and please correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong or you don't don't agree but we need hope yeah we, we we need hope and it sounds like that as you said they you're not achieving remission and going through mm-hmm. that that did it feel like at times hope was diminishing or it how did you kind of keep almost going day by day just going yep this is this is the path or or trusting in the process yeah when uh, people always tell you like to take a day at a time you know when you on this cancer journey and that's mm-hmm. what we did you know take a day at a time and um, um, when I was on the ward I joined this uh, joined this Facebook group it's called uh, infant leukemia supporting group and I always tell people how important this group was to me at that time. Mm-hmm. It was life-saving. It was like a great source of information, comfort. Well, not only were, yeah, not only were you, uh, Zoe mm-hmm. isolated, you, you were too yeah, in the right. hospital. Yeah, and as got lots of time, you know, reading this post and, you know, reading stories of other people. Because of the leukemia type she had, it's really rare. Yeah. I think there's only two other children in Western Australia in the like five, four, five years time. So it's really, really mm-hmm. rare. And um, so what what I need to do is to connect with people, you know, mm. have the same diagnosis or similar diagnosis, you know, all over the world. So this, you know, the Facebook group just is really um, a source of information, you know, support, comfort. And this group has kept me sane for my whole journey, and I'm, you know, still part of the group today. Yeah. So they were your source of hope. Yeah, that's maybe. right. There's successful stories I read. You know, I got encouraged, and of, yeah. Yeah, of course there are like sad stories, but you know, yeah. That's part, unfortunately. Yeah. That's part and parcel of of entering mm-hmm. into into this world, and um. Wow, that's amazing to hear that you were able to connect. And I think that's so valuable for people to hear yeah. is that how important connection mm-hmm. can can be, especially in the world of um, children's leukemia and infant leukemia as well as it is. It's Sometimes it can be such a small group. Not only is your child going through it, but you yourself and your, your the rest of your family are, mm-hmm. are on on along the journey with it. So yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, she uh, had the two rounds of lean tumor map, and it didn't work as expected to you know put her in remission. So she was then later put on um, um, course of flight Ida. It was the introduction chemo for AML. Yes. And um, after the fly either her IMRD actually increased. Ah. Oh, that was really unexpected and, you know, disappointing. Yeah. So in April 2019, after receiving these results, we were giving two options. Like first is go to, you know, having CAR-T therapy in America because of what it wasn't available in Australia at that time. At that time, and the other option is you know, do nothing, enjoy the rest of the time you have with her. 
Wow. Yeah. What what two heavy options? Yeah, yeah. To be given. Yeah, I was um you know we're not get, I, I told the you know oncologist I said I'm, we're not giving up you know if there's hope there's treatment we you know no matter what we're definitely going to do it. Yes. Yeah. And how was Zoe herself in that time? Was she hitting her milestones? Was she um, a, a little bit delayed or? What explain type of what personality did she have going through all of all of this as a little person? Well, sometimes you are like amazed by these um, the strengths of the you know the kids who you know went through the chemotherapies, but you know she was they're so in the moment. Children's aren't they? Yeah, they're so in the yeah she she yeah she was a really happy child. She was um she was a strong happy child, and then you know she. Was delayed on her some you know gross motor skills, talking, eating, what, which was expected. Yeah. yeah, but overall she was really good, you know, well in herself. Yeah, and and did those moments of her kind of her little personality shining through, and you know, almost seeing that that childhood life and light just go. This is why we are fighting. Yeah, this yeah is. that's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah. She was really bossy and sassy. <laughs> was she? Yeah. <laughs> bossy and sassy. Yeah. She's a true little girl yeah, then, isn't she? Is, she? And um, isn't it, it's hard to focus on your child. You know, not for, not focus on your child. Enjoying your child when you're in such unfortunate circumstances. You know, you focus too much on her health, you know, surviving you know, her well-being, you know, enjoying being, you know, having time with her. Yeah. In, in some way, you were robbed of that, of that beautiful motherhood experience mm-hmm. that so many of us do, do get mm-hmm. of what it's like to live in that newborn bubble and watch your little one flourish right. and develop. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had another son yeah. at home yeah. as well that you were missing out on. Yeah. I've, um, Missed out so much on him, and um, yeah. Did he? Did your parents? Uh, I mean, I'm sure he would have felt mm-hmm. all the love around around him, Vincent. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Did were your parents? Did they stay the t- entire? Or your you said your mother did, mm-hmm. and then also your in laws. Yeah. Did they stay for a, a good chunk of time to support you? Yeah, they have stayed uh, a really long time. I think about. Um, Two years or something. Wow. Yeah, they were, um, my um, parents-in-law stayed um, with my son when we went to uh, the United States for treatment. So they wow. stayed so with you, him, yeah. So you made that decision mm-hmm. that, no, there was those two options that was delivered to you, that it was either CAR-T or mm-hmm. that we go down the road almost of palliative care yeah. and, and we enjoy yeah. enjoy the life that um, Zoe May had in front of her. But mm-hmm. you chose the, the CAR-T, which I think so many parents would choose or, yeah. or even adults um, as well. So what was that what was that process like? Did you even know what CAR-T was? Because was, as you said, it wasn't here in Australia. So did you have to seek your own information? Was it? Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, has, you know, I got a lot of time on the ward. You know, I, I was so doing, you had time yeah, to research? Research and reading posts because it was already available in the States. So I, um, you know, the majority of the Facebook group member are from the States. 
So they talk about cardiotherapy, which hospital, which doctor, you know, all the time. They discuss, yes. you know, the treatment options in this state, that state, you know. So I've been really familiar with the treatment already at that time. And uh, before... So you already are a walking nurse, <laughs> basically, by the... Yeah, I try, to educate, I try to educate myself better, you know, know better. And um, so before... Um, we had this meeting with on, our oncologist. I already uh, reached out to the uh, doctors in other hospitals in the States. You know, yes. Yep. To say, you know, this is Zoe and uh, her diagnosis and uh, if if she would be a candidate in, you know, in the CATI trials in, yeah. in your hospital and things like that. Wow. Yeah. So you were such an advocate for her. You, I mean, you would have been anywhere, of course, in this, but you, you really wore that badge for her and were her voice. Yeah, to, you know, she yeah. was just, just a baby, you know, she can't really, you know, we, yeah. we need to fight for our children. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And where, did any hospitals in America knock you back or would, or did they all kind of embrace you? How did you end up with Seattle? Yeah, Seattle Children's Hospital, the, uh, the doctor in charge of the clinical trials, mm-hmm. she uh, returned my email promptly. Yeah, she was really, you know, nice and she told me, um, you know, she could be a potential candidate for all trials and uh, just want to see the test result and uh, get on hold of all oncologists and then we can you know move forward yeah um, and were the doctors back here helpful in in, in a yeah he was oh. indeed really really helpful when i told him i already you know contact Connect with the uh, doctors in the states, and he then sent all her medical records, and to the doctor over there. Mm-hmm. And the, um, you know, the biggest thing, the clinical trials or CAR therapy, the you know the cost. I was about to ask, yeah. was there a cost involved? So the cost is about half a million US dollars. Wow. Just for the, you know, the treatment, you know, the medication, potential visit to the emergency, all these costs is half a million dollars. So that's the money we don't have. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Many people would. Yeah. And um, um, our oncologist told me there's a program told, um, um, I think I'm T.O.P. thing. Um, M- MTOP. Yeah, I think it's a medical treatment overseas program. So hey. yes, it's program funding um, by the Department of Health. Where in Australia? Yeah, yeah. So if you are like you can't find um, treatment plan in Australia, but there's mm-hmm. other you know treatment options. Yeah, promising treatment options overseas. So you, then you, they can find you know the treatment. Wow. Yeah. And was that um, – so I just – I think of uh, the medical process and the medical system and then government processes and paperwork. Yeah. What was the time? The t- like I imagine that things – did they happen quickly? Was it a long well, process? Well, to my surprise, like it happened really, really quickly. It moved really fast. And I was so worried it won't get approved because I was – I remember I – 
talk to my social workers. I actually we do, you know, crowdfunding, you know, or yes, sell our house and all wow. things to fund this. But it's not enough, apparently. And yeah. um, she told me that even like if our oncologist is on board with this decision, um, it's likely to get approved. So right. don't worry, you know. Like How that. can you not worry? No, <laughs> not worry, but yeah, yeah, wow. And um, did you? I mean, as you said, mm-hmm. you were you have that time crunch as well. And what was Zoe's health like during this unknown time? Do we go? Do we not go? She was um, she was still you know all for this whole time being she was um, still have the leukemia in her body, but it was really low amount. And she was back home, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, she was back home at that time because we were just waiting to, you know, go to the States for more treatment because, you know, chemo you know, didn't work for her. So there's no more treatment options. So And it would decondition her? No, just, so if she, she was not on anything for about yeah. two months. Yeah, about two months when she was at home. But um, her disease seems to be progressed really slowly at that time. Yeah. So she was relatively healthy you know, in herself and happy, you know, stay home. And uh, I was worried about she was not on any chemotherapy, you know, is her disease going to, you know, be uncontrollable, you know, but yes. in this two months time. But yeah, we, we were really lucky she was stayed pretty healthy. Such a common fear, like to you, you want to get your you want to get your person off chemotherapy mm-hmm. because you just think, oh, I just want this to be over yeah. with. And then once they're off, it's there's that fear of the unknown and yeah. it not being tracked. And it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a double edged sword. I, I hear it's really common. So for the you know um, patients left hospital, go back to their normal lives. They can't adjust in their life. It's like I'm not on chemotherapy, you know. I'm just afraid the disease will come back or not. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And it, during that time, did you, um, I guess, through the 10 months and, and I guess being discharged from hospital mm-hmm. and before going over to the States, did that almost give you time to process what was going on for you emotionally? I mean, I know you had that beautiful support network mm-hmm. um, on Facebook, mm-hmm. but it was, was it almost like – things emotions were catching up with you with what has just gone on in the past 10 18 months well i i think i i didn't really have time to think about that because during this two months time uh, she was not on treatment and uh, we need to find you know accommodations tickets and you know searching all the things in seattle you know, where we should stay, you know, where we find food, you know. It was a job in itself. Yeah. <laughs> and all these things, um, it, it keeps me pretty busy. And Zoe, of course, I, you know, look after her. And yes. I, I, I think I was on survival mode. Um, yeah. I didn't really have time to think about, like, how I felt at that time. Yes. You know, I need to save her, you know, I... 
I just couldn't let her die. Yeah, that was your mission. Yeah, that w- that that was your north star. I mean, uh, as a parent, children are always almost your north star, mm-hmm. but that was your that that was your mission. Yeah, to yeah. get to get your little girl safe. Yeah, I'm a mom on a mission. <laughs> Yeah, you are. And how was your partner during this time? Was he? How was he? Was he working and juggling everything? Yeah, he was working at that time, and because um, um, he want more time to you know to um, look after our family and maybe you know thinking about going overseas for traveling, and he quit his job and start his own business so he could wow. have more time. A bit more flexibility. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in the midst of everything, yeah. quits his job and starts his own business, yeah, which right. I hear is very stressful. I know. It's yeah. like, what the hell were you thinking? But <laughs> You understood. Yeah. You, you but, understood. But it and, did work out, so, yeah. And did he support the decision of going overseas as well? As How, how, do, how do you as parents and couple come to that? discussion was it easy well i uh told him from the beginning you know because um because of the treatment didn't go well you know i i told him like there's potential you know there's a possibility we need to go overseas for treatment so that was always in my mind because i i know that CAR-T therapy is really promising for ALI yeah. treatment yes yeah it's the, like the best treatment plan on earth Mm-hmm. So I said like this possibility, you know, we could, you know, get the treatment and go overseas. And he agrees, you know, you know, like whatever it takes, we need to save our daughter. Yeah. yeah. And was the reason why a, a, the the regular, um, I guess, treatment option of a bone marrow transplant not offered, was it because of A, she was such, you know, high risk and also they couldn't, achieve remission is that yeah, why that's why she couldn't achieve remission because if you go into a transplant with um, disease yeah any sign yeah it was Doing not the best outcome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's um, not their preferred um I guess starting point for them. So yeah. CAR T yeah. almost somewhat allowed allowed a different option and a different path. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you went to Seattle. Mm. What was what was that like? I, I imagine you would have had to ensure her counts were okay. Um, Vincent was all settled because you said he stayed at home yeah. with your in-laws. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, that's he right. At- he wasn't happy about it, but mm. there's uncertainty in going to a country we have never been before. And with a child with cancer, a really young child, because she was only 18 months at that time. And, and flying. Yeah. And f- I didn't know because there was discussions like if we should, you know, took Vincent with us to the mm-hmm. state. But in, in that time, in July, I think June, July was the summer holiday, school holiday there. At yes. first we thought like maybe we can enroll him you know, to a local school, you know, but it was a holiday. And we didn't know it, what the hospital like, what's the accommodation like, you know, just so much uncertainties. We're not sure, we're worried. So so many unknowns. Yeah, so, we, so the decision was to let him stay in Perth. Yeah. yeah, which I can envision wasn't an easy decision. No, you know, he wasn't happy about a, it. 
Yeah, as a parent to go, you, you think about what's the impact on him mm. and what's the and knowing that you're, you know, you, you hate to prioritize your children, but sometimes you do have to prioritize yeah, right. needs. Whether, uh, but um, to go at this minute, Zoe needs our entire focus and. You knew also in your heart, I have no doubt, that Vincent was going to be at home mm-hmm. with family, mm-hmm. loved and supported yeah, as well. Yeah. At least, like, he got the, his friends, his teacher, and everyone he knows. His support system. Yeah. 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 And so how was it going – how was Kati? How, how was that experience and the, the experience over in the States? Did you have – It was actually really, really I I didn't expect it to be this easy, you know, say. It's the yes. easiest treatment that Zoe had, has ever had. Okay. Yes. I um, assume it will be long in you know, a hospital admission and uh, long hospital stays and things like that, but it didn't happen. Wow. So, what was it like? Yeah, so we just go into clinics for, you know, bloods regular checks every week and then until that day her t-cells harvest and then we just wait how do you keep a child still <laughs> to harvest their, to, did, they, did, did she go under or i could i know adults sitting so much in her chair but did she go what how happened had to happen for an 18 month old yeah i was really lucky she was asleep <laughs> Okay, yes. I think that would have been the easier yeah, option. She was a, yeah, because she needed to stay still, you know, for yes. the harvest. And, but she was, like, really tired and she was uh, sleeping. So she was asleep, so that was really easy, yeah, yeah that yeah. day. And then so once they harvest the cells, how long did it take for them to give back and, and pop into her? I think it was... A month? Yeah, about a month. I, I don't remember clearly. No. Yeah. no and, and, and during that time, as you said, you, you went back and forth to clinic. Mm-hmm. Did you? You had another. And then did you, I guess, how do you fill your time? You're in a, new, you're in a completely new world, yeah. you say, and just you and your husband. Yeah. How, yeah. So we just had the chance to explore Seattle, you know, go yeah. here and there, park, zoos, you know, take her everywhere. So the whole experience was really happy. Yes. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't as like I expected. I was thinking it going to be, you know, long, you know, excruciating you know, journey. But it was, mm. it was really good. We really had a good time together. Um, was it almost, um, did it almost feel, not that it could ever make up for what you lost, but mm-hmm. you went, Oh, this is, and, and I know you didn't have Vincent with mm-hmm. you, but oh, this is what I've almost been craving. Yeah, that that family time yeah. together. Yeah, and she needs. Um, she was eighteen months when, she, when we arrived in Seattle, and she wasn't working. Right. Yeah, but only uh, I think four or five days after we arrived, she started to walk. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. So she took her first steps since. Yeah, see, kind of the environment, you know, really had an impact on the, you know, those babies. You know. Yes. You go to yeah. a different environment, you know, you can walk freely, you know. Then you start walking. Yeah, her world must have opened up. And what was 
What was that moment like? You know, you compare, I, mm-hmm. I envision your your fear that you had mm-hmm. when she was five weeks old mm-hmm. and thinking, I may never see this. But then to witness her mm-hmm. on this brave journey on her way to Seattle, having car tea and watching her walk four days in to landing in Seattle. Mm-hmm. What was that like? I feel like that's the time we have missed, you know, with her and, um, you know, in in the environment, in not in the hospital, because she had been stay home for this whole time. And I remember my husband said, oh, "I hope you can stay in this time." Yes. Although she yeah. still has leukemia, but you know, this is the best time of yeah. her life. Yeah. yeah. And it would that that's um it's be- beautiful to hear and it's it's amazing. I as you said you couldn't envision that it potentially could look that mm-hmm. when you thought that that was going to be an extremely dark time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now uh, all the uh, staff in, in the hospital was really really nice. Yeah, uh, everything went so smoothly, and they have they have amazing facilities. You know, great menu. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! A hospital with great food. With good money. They have, yeah, like six page, full pages of menu you can order any time. There's wow. no specific time you need to order. You know, you can order any time. Wow! Yeah, such a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so she had her cells. You think maybe post a month of after arriving in Seattle, mm-hmm. and how was her? Was that what you expected? Like, was was the transfusion what you expected? Was it different, or how was her recovery in that? She only had a fever, you know, about um, a week after the infusion of the CAR T cells, which was expected. Yeah. Yeah, and she will stay in the hospital for two or three days, and then we were discharged. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I think she didn't have any, you know, severe, you know, reaction to the CAR T cells like mm. some other yeah. children did. Yeah, but uh, really unfortunately, it didn't really work as we expected. The cut is oh. so the you know apparently the goal is to reach remission. Yes. After, but she's still positive. She was still positive for you know, positive for leukemia in her blood. Wow. Yeah. So, but it did uh like bring the number down. Yeah, and so what happened? So what time? What t- day or point did you find out that it hadn't? She hadn't achieved achieved the exact result that they were hoping. It was 20, I think twenty one days after the infusion, and uh, yeah, after I heard the results from the doctor there, and they suggest to you know, go back to Australia and have a bone marrow transplant. You know, she's still positive. I'm saying, oh, she's still positive. You know, I'm, I'm already positive. How, how is this going to work? Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, there's a chance that, um, you know, um, the bone marrow transplant could cure, you know, even... And is that because the, is that cause the numbers they, they achieved yes, to bring really, the numbers really, to... Sorry, really, really low. Yeah. <clears throat> No, that's it. Mm. Yeah. And so what was it like hopping back on that plane, just knowing that now you had another challenge? Well, before that, like, I received um, an email from um, our main oncologist and he told us, like, Zoe is going to have a bone marrow transplant and he's going to be in Sydney. Mm. 
Wow. So like, you've gone from settled up <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, uh, because um, I think the only one uh, bone marrow uh, transplant doctor um, was on maternity leave in Perth. Oh. So they sending the, you know, they were sending the children to other hospitals over the east, or you know, if the if the kids are around 15, 16, they send them to adult hospital. Adults, yeah. Wow. So did you go straight from Seattle to Sydney, or would you? We just we came back to Perth for about ten days, then we flew to Sydney. Wow. Gosh. Or, or, you know what I think when I hear you speak mm-hmm. and I hear that the challenges that were presented you is how your love for your baby yeah. and your family really got you through those moments, even though you kept hearing, oh, no, it hasn't quite worked or, oh, no, we haven't received this. Mm-hmm. But the love and the strength that you've dug <laughs> um, deep for is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely incredible. Did you, when you landed in Sydney or you came to Sydney 12 days after, did they have a match already? Had that already been done? Was Vincent a match or did they need to, did she need to receive a donor? No, Vincent uh, is not a match. So um, she actually had, she was really lucky. She had three, like, full matches. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, but we, uh, they decided to use the, uh, the, um, umbilical cord blood wow yeah in the bank so it's easier because um when we uh, arrived in sydney it was really in a short amount of time mm-hmm. for even the hospital in sydney to prepare you know get the yes. bone marrow from the donor but it's easier to just draw the, you know the, the cord blood from the bank yeah that's really had. Yeah, because they didn't want to. I guess if it if they had never re- achieved her counts to be so low, yeah. they, they didn't want to wa- ra- yeah. They didn't want to waste that precious window that had been given. Yeah, yeah, that's her. right. That's so right. We, yeah. How was transplant? Because it's a different world to CAR T. Well, it's uh, really difficult. Yeah, transplant itself is not difficult. It's the recovering time is just yeah. It's so long and um, she becomes so unwell after the transplant. Mm. Um, Which would have been confronting knowing that she went through CAR T mm-hmm. relatively, we'll say in quotation marks, smoothly mm-hmm. um, to then walk into a transplant and have those hiccups. Yes, yes, correct. And um, um, in the senior children's hospital, it's a really old hospital. And mm. facility-wise, it's not really... As good, you know, as mm-hmm. first children hospital is really new, and yeah. you know, you know, there's small things really you know, make you days harder. Different. Yeah, make yeah. You, make the, your days harder. But you know, the staff there was really nice. Doctor was extremely, extremely good. So, yes, yes. And did she have many complications post transplant or? She had some uh, uh, GVHD on her skin, mostly on her skin, so it's not really severe. But she's is still finding she still have some you know like allergies, yeah, reactions to something. I'm not sure. Yes. Yeah. 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 And uh, was that her only kind of? Yeah, that's the only thing. Yeah. Mm. So you're holding your breath again for that beautiful 100-day yeah. day mark that everybody talks about. And 
What was it like when you got there and, and what unfolded? Um, so after, um, I was so worried that this um, woman transplant wouldn't work for her because that's mm. her last chance. I'm, mm. I don't think there's any other options left, really. And after um, the transplant, about three months after she had um, a bone marrow aspiration and the results came back negative. So she was in remission. It's the first time oh, in her life. She was I was about to say, yeah. wow, wow. That was the first time. Were you all together as a family? Was Vincent over? Yeah, Vincent was here with us and he was enrolled in uh, the hospital school, in, uh, in, in the hospital. So, yeah, it was, we were over the moon with this news. Just, I was about to say, did you celebrate? What, what, how, how was that to hear that words? Your, your, your daughter Zoe is in remission. That I was so happy. I was in tears. I was like, you know, you, people can't imagine like how important this. Yeah. Something finally worked after this such a long time. You know. Yeah, you know, of course, I still worried. You know, if the cancer will come back, you know, and all the other things. But it's a victory. I'm, I find I, I feel like I'm, I've saved my baby. That's because you did. Yeah. You did, Ping. You, um, you, you, and your husband. You really, you did. Um, the doctors, of course, the doctors yeah. and nurses were on that ride with you, but. You guys were the drivers of that bus for your little girl, you know, to, to gain that result. Yeah, and did um, – so that it's just incredible to finally for you to have heard that news. And you're right, it, there is that fear. I have no doubt you're almost holding your breath going, yeah. could this be – is this too good to be true? Could could we – um. Could we have, you know, almost won the lotto like mm-hmm. in, in, and your, your prayer had been answered? Mm-hmm. Where so we are? Are we four and a half years on? Or yeah, yeah. F- so take me through what if I mean we could we could talk forever for five years. But um, what what you so you left Sydney and mm-hmm. went home? Yeah. Was that how was how was that? Was that tough to leave that that support system to then come back to Perth? It's always you know hard to leave a place to a yeah. even to your own home. You know you have. Yeah. Got used to everything there, you know. You, yeah, you're connected. You, you have connected to. You know, stuff. We live in Ronald McDonald House in Sydney, so with lots of other kids, you know, we became friends with parents and stuff. It's always hard. You saw so much. Yeah, we all. It's always hard to leave a place, you know. Even so, you know, I we feel really hard to leave Seattle. You know, mm-hmm. at first we felt really hard to leave Perth, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and then um, did, how did life then unfold? I guess you, you would have had multiple checks, but then h- how did we get to the point that we are we are today? Were you able to have you been able to relax? I guess is the question I would I would like to ask. Yeah, I feel like we have some sort of normalcy in our life. You know, we function as a normal family. Like if we knew, if we met new people, if we didn't tell them that she had cancer, they wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Yes, she seems like normal child, yes. but you know, but I still panic when she is sick. You know, she said her tummy hurts. You know, her leg hurts. So I'm like I instant panicking. You know, 
things. I think I just couldn't. I would never be really, you know, relaxing. You know, never. I can't. She still like still worried. You know, I will be worried all the time about if the disease will come back and things like things like that. When I look back, it was full. You know, this whole journey was full of different emotions. You know, anger, sadness. Joy and gratitude, and I still struggle with those emotions from time to time. And and this emotional like roller coaster where you are thankful that your child is still here, but you know you still you can't stop worrying mm-hmm. about her future. You know about relapse. You know about the fact that he, she suffered from what we did to save her life. Yeah, and you know the the bumps she might face in the future. Now she seems pretty normal, but but she had like dental issues, surgeries, language delays, some sensory issues, and in the future, you know, her growth, puberty, infertility. Yeah. You know, that's all the things you know you can't rise easy with. Yeah, and yeah. I think the blood cancer it is. It's um, it's not a moment in time. It's actually. A lifetime, yes. is, isn't it? And um, I, I hear so often that that fear of uh, that a parent holds, or even a patient or a carer holds, that what if, what if it, we know that this was turned on in a moment? You know, your world was turned upside down, as you explained mm-hmm. earlier. That you you're aware that that could happen again. You mm-hmm. know, and, and we pray, we pray that it never does, mm-hmm. but. Um, you're you're not um you're not walking around with those rose colored right. glasses thinking that it could never happen yeah that's right so you i know you mentioned that you gained your support a lot from that facebook community mm-hmm. do you still gain that or do you have you accessed counseling or pro- something to process what what you went through um i now i I do uh, try to connect with the, um, you know, other the the members, you know, the parents who gone through the same journey with me, and I try to you know acknowledge my feelings about this journey. You know, it's just just like still take a day at a time, as they told me, you know, because I need to embrace all these feelings, you know, and will continue to fight for what is yet to come for her. You know? Yes. That's what we cancer moms do. They, they yeah. absolutely do. They absolutely do. Yeah. And um, so I, I guess, you know, being that Zoe, she's five or mm-hmm. is she about to turn five? You're about oh, to turn five. So she would be at school, is that, yeah, yeah, is that right? right? Yeah. yeah. How was that day going, my little girl's at school, and I just didn't know if I would, we would get here? Yeah, like first day in kindy, and I let her, you know, hold on this to the side, and my first day in kindy. No. Yeah, I was like, I mean, in my darkest days, I would never, you know, imagine this day coming. Yeah. I'm so feel like happy and blessed that she is still here with me mm-hmm. and she's still alive, you know, and she's relatively healthy, you know, a happy child. Mm. Yeah. Is it almost sometimes when you have those moments, it's 
it's as beautiful as it is and you're celebrating and you try to be in that moment. Mm -hmm. But almost like sometimes grief and trauma can just steal a little bit of that to remind you of this almost wasn't possible or to those flashbacks of what you went through in those dark nights in the hospital. Does that that ever happen? Yeah, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. I try to embrace all the feelings, you know, all the... You know, memories and stuff and talk to people about this. Yeah. 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 You are incredibly, uh, you're an incredible woman, Ping, and incredibly um, strong. And I think uh, the strength of a mother's love and you went to the end of the earth, literally, to um, yeah. to save your baby girl. Mm. And I have no doubt and I hope when she hears this podcast and even Vincent as well in the years to come because this will be forever in time that they hear how how much you loved them and your family and how hard you fought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be good too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um it's uh yeah, it's for some people it's it's many people's worst nightmare ping and that was what you were faced, but for you to come through and, and have the result of Zoe at mm-hmm. school thriving yeah. Yeah. and um enjoying life that's uh i have no doubt that was the goal yeah um sometimes i feel like i can't believe i did but like we did it like did. for this time and um i saw like we win you know you did yeah. win the battle with the cancer you know but yes yeah yeah you and your husband are incredible oh thank you is there, as we draw to the end, and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, I, I I, do kind of reflect on who could be listening and I think mm-hmm. of the parents um, whose, whose children may have just received a diagnosis mm-hmm. or are going through a diagnosis. Is there any words of wisdom that you could give them? I know you've highlighted some beautiful points throughout this, but our conversation, but are there, mm-hmm. is there anything else that you would, you could leave? Um, my advice would be, for those parents of young children who are diagnosed with cancer, I, I think first you need to connect with people who are going through the same path as you. Talk to people who understand. And um, I think, um, especially with the young children, don't worry too much about the milestones. You know, will she eat? Will she walk? Will she talk? They will make it or later, you know, or slower, but they will make it. Don't like, stress over it. And um, second would be you know, give up some control and let others help you, even if it's not perfectly the way you want it. And uh, don't kill yourself trying to breathe. It's yeah. not enough. It's not yes. your fault. It yes. is not enough. It's not enough. And, no. and sometimes we worry too much about disease and not enjoying being up with our little ones, you know, soaking it all up, and even it's not in the ideal situation. And. Uh, last but not least it's not your fault your child has cancer you know don't blame yourself like I did <laughs> and oh. take care you know, of yourself yeah absolutely that is um some very words of wisdom and I think that that last point of not blaming yourself yeah is a really strong one for um parents or even you know patients in their in their mm. later years to remember yeah. that unfortunately it wasn't there wasn't you you did mm. no one did anything wrong it's just at this moment the way that the cards have fallen and um, yeah. 
Oh, Ping, I um, I cannot thank you enough for coming on today and being so open and honest and really raw with us. We appreciate we appreciate your time. It is not easy to share a, a, your story, and I really I really recognise that it, it is traumatic and it it was the darkest moment in your life. And uh, for you to be so brave and give a voice to those who didn't have one and um, don't have one, I um, I thank you for that. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. We hope that you found it helpful in some way. If you would like more information on today's show or our services, please feel free to contact 1-800-620-420 and someone will be able to connect you with your local blood cancer support coordinator. Also, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe, share, or even give us a rating on your podcast app. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Kate Arkadiff, and you've been listening to the Leukemia Foundation's podcast, Talking Blood Cancer.